Drogovic reigned in Spain this weekend as he took control of the Formula 2 Championship to win both races in Barcelona. But we also had um, interesting races in Formula 3 and also in W Series. Uh, I'm Craig Bullard covering the action for Formula Scout for the last time, actually. So this will be the last time you hear my dulcet tones on the podcast. I'm joined by Alejandro Alonso Lopez, who would have been on the ground this weekend, but unfortunately, uh, due to medical reasons, was unable to be there. But you were keeping an eye on the action nonetheless. And we had uh, some very interesting sort of uh, races to talk about. Not necessarily the most drama, but still some fascinating races nonetheless. I suppose we should get straight into... Formula 2. Uh, it was another pole position for Jack Doohan, um, his second of the season. But it, it was a very interesting session altogether because we saw all sorts of crazy strategies happening. You saw Prema sort of try and go out in, in the middle. You saw some teams try and do one lap on the set of tyres. You saw some teams try to do two laps on the set of tyres. Um, and I, I thought it was very interesting not least because we had testing at Barcelona not too long ago. Um, and just, I, th- I think the, the rule change with the, the no refueling um, dur- uh, during qualifying has certainly shaken things up in that regard and, and how the approach to qualifying is these days. But anyway, uh, doing narrowly beat Vips, uh, those two were the class of the field on, on Friday afternoon. Um, but otherwise it's incredibly close between between the teams in qualifying. Ten of the 11 teams were within, I think it was 0.3 of a, uh, 0.6 of a percent of, um, of Dewan's poll time. So it just shows how, how close and how tight this championship is this year. And there's every chance um, Campos would have been there as well if Ralph Boschung was taking part, but he had to withdraw due to back pain. Um, We'll go and talk about the sprint race. Uh, Drogovic um, would have started on on uh, reverse grid pole, but picked up a penalty for impeding his title rival Porsche. Um, and well, from there, Callum Williams uh, then inherited pole position only to stall. Jake Hughes has a slow start, and Porsche also had a slow start. But that allowed Djokovic, uh, Ayumu Wasser, and Logan Sargent to, to all come through the order. Uh, and it seemed like a pretty convincing win from, from Djokovic there to beat Awasa and Sargent, who picked up their first um, podium finishes in Formula 2. Yuri Vips spun off um, in, a, in a move that both Charles, um, Carlos Sainz and Max Verstappen ended up doing in the Formula 1 race, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but otherwise, it was a very sort of tame race. So Alejandro, important bounce back for Djokovic after Wam de Imola um, did sort of ask about uh, whether he was overdue a bit of luck, but he seemed to sort of brush that off in, in the way how, how Djokovic tends to do. But yeah, so what, what did you make of the, the sprint race and, and some of the performances that we saw? Well, uh, it's been an amazing weekend, actually, for Felipe Drugovic, who, who deserved all the success he has has gotten this weekend. He was amazing yesterday. He was amazing today again. I mean, I don't really know if it's bouncing back from Imola. Definitely it is, but to be fair, in Imola, he was 
also very very strong he didn't start at the front he he started like he was today mid-pack and then he he completed two very solid races indeed he was fighting for the win till the very end in the, in the feature race so yeah the fact that he couldn't get the the win or at least a good result there in anymore in, in the feature race was down to, to bad luck mainly and definitely he, he showed all his potential yesterday and also today to, to complete a great camp for him mm. and other than Djokovic who who really sort of stood up for you in that race I thought Uwasa did very well um, as did Sargent to pick up his, his first podium in, in the championship um, so did anyone else really sort of spring to mind for you yeah, well, um, of course, those you've just said, Achimo Iwasa and also Logan Sargent had good races. But I'd like to highlight also the races of Frederick Besti and Enzo Fittipaldi, who, especially Enzo, who was starting outside the, the top 10. He just missed out on reverse grid all by, I think it was one position or, or something like that. He finished, if I'm not wrong, 11, 11th in qualifying. And yet he, he moved up, he, he took those opportunities that arose during the during the, the race and he grabbed a pod, uh, one point there during the, the sprint race and also Frederick Besti who finished in seventh, I think it was solid race for him as well and good points, which he needed after a, a very tricky start to the season for, for the Dane driver. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Besti seemed to have cracked this championship and that's exactly what he said after qualifying and also in the feature race uh, which we'll talk a little bit about now because it's not often that you see a driver sweep a weekend in the in in the second tier of um of, of racing no one has done this in the modern era of formula two but Djokovic came through to win uh, the feature race as well. He, he did so from 10th from on the grid. And no driver has done this since Antonio Giovinazzi in the 2016 Baku GP2 round, uh, which was quite a, a memorable weekend in its own right. And very few drivers have um, achieved such a feat altogether. Um, but how, how Djokovic won the race, I thought was uh, very interesting as well, because... Um, he, he, he sort of joked the the well after the sprint race that his strategy was going to be the use medium tires, but of course we don't have the medium tires this weekend. But with the way how he treated the soft tires in the the opening stint of the race, he, he they may as well have been medium tires with how long they lasted. He kept on going and going and going, um, before eventually pitting for the the harder tires, and that allowed him to charge up through the order and to overhaul Dewan. Uh, in in the closing stages and to come through to 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 win that race from tenth on the grid, it's MP's fourth win at Barcelona on the bounce as well because they won both of the races here in in twenty twenty uh, famously with um, Drogovic and with Matsushita from eighteenth on the grid in the in the feature race that year. So it's quite remarkable. And it's very very rare that you get to say that a driver has won three F two races on the bounce at the same venue as well. Um, but that, that, that was quite something. Uh, but Doohan sort of seemed a little bit deject, dejected to uh, pick up only P2 
his first podium in, in Formula 2 and some much-needed points after a very difficult start to the season. Um, Vesti was was third, um, cementing what was a very strong weekend for him, and Paul Chair could only manage PA after uh, a difficult qualifying, um, being impeded by Djokovic, and then just didn't feature in the feature race. Um, pun was not intended whatsoever, but that, that was a very sort of... Um, low-key performance from, from Paul Chair, and it's, some, it's very rare to, to sort of see from that. But I think the first question that I'm going to put to you, Alejandro, um, is about a driver who didn't finish the race, and that's uh, Jehan Daravala, because he started from fourth place on the grid on the alternative strategy, and as it transpired later on in the race, the, the alternative strategy runners, um, headed by uh, Clemon Novelak, um, who went on to finish fifth um i do believe uh that they seemed incredibly quick towards the end but um do you think that there was a little bit of circumstance in that due to the daravala um uh, induced safety car um or do you think that daravala could have been in in the mix had his car not broken um and as a result uh you could could he have uh, perhaps challenged for uh, Djokovic for the win or was he was Brazilian just in a, another class of his own today? Honestly, uh, I don't really have an answer to your to your question. To be to be fair, you, because we've seen several drivers dropping a lot in the in the coming stages of the of the race because the their strategy was not not working. I think it was quite difficult to manage the tires today. Also, Tennis Hager was in the same strategy as Darubala. And indeed, he was confident, especially after Imola, that uh, the Barcelona test had been a, a breakthrough to to his season. And well, it's true that he had a, a spin in uh, the exit of the of the chicane, if I'm not wrong, at the beginning of the race. But his pace wasn't great either. So I'm not really sure if Darubala could have made it to the podium, but at least he could have tried especially after what we saw in, I think it was Saudi, where he also managed to, to make the most out of, of his tires and, and made up, make up lots of positions. So perhaps he could have been at the front, as you say, challenging for the podium, as Fred Bestie at the end, towards the end of the race, struggled a little bit with tires and spread a little bit for pace as well. But I don't really think that he could have challenged Felipe Drugovic. I mean, Drugovic was amazing today. He was so impressive, so fast. It was the end of the race when the team asked him to, to open the gap. At that point, he was like one second, one second and a half ahead of Jack Duhan. And he could open open the gap without uh, destroying his tires. So I think... Felipe was just in another league today. Mm, yeah, and Djokovic rated it as um, certainly the, the win of his career so far, and he's had plenty of wins, be it in Formula 2, Euro Formula, or otherwise. Uh, is a driver who thinks that he should be starting to be looked uh, with, uh, well, by Formula 1 teams. Um, there were some murmurs going on like back in 2020 when he was performing so well as a rookie in this championship 
um, that he could be picked up by one. Uh, Callum Eilert at the time said that he, he should be being, uh, you know, people should be paying attention. And he did reveal that there were, you know, sort of the possibility of that thing happening. Um, but it does seem like that um, Djokovic, you would have to argue that there's no case why he shouldn't be being looked at by Formula One teams, um, really, with, with how well he has been driving. Um he was, however, under investigation, as was Vesti and Porcher. Um, so the, the, the win was slightly in doubt, um, let's put it that way, um, in the feature race. But yeah, that was a sort of a bit of a weird one. So uh, essentially during the pit stop, what happened was, was that the tyres, after they were taken off, were not laid flat on the ground. And that's a safety feature to make sure they don't sort of roll away into the into the fast lane which nobody wants obviously um but they just weren't like completely uh laid flat on the on the ground um all three uh entries were uh, fined a thousand euros for that um art because uh, it happened with both cars have both got a five place suspended grid penalty for um well if it should it happen again um so yeah they, they got away with it on on that occasion but um there was that uh and i suppose the other really big talking point from from the formula two weekend was uh amori cordial once again who picked up more penalty points and uh, yeah, he was out of position um, at safety car line one on the formation lap, which is a very, very uh, daft and silly mistake to, to make. And as a result, he has now got himself to a point where he's one point from an event ban. So just quickly, Alejandro, uh, what, what, what your, what's your thoughts on, on uh, Cordial's uh, somewhat precarious situation and, and whether anyone else really sort of stood out for you in, in, in the feature race today? Well, it's definitely a tricky situation, but for, for driver and team, they are at, in, at the very edge with, with that. I, I'm almost sure that he'll get some more penalty points throughout the season and that he'll be suspended at some point. But apart from that, well, also, Oli Caldwell, I think it's quite close to, to getting a, a race ban in his nine points, if I'm not wrong, in, on, in his license. So, yeah, we'll see We'll see what, what happens with that. We have to wait and see. That's, that's something that both team and driver have to, to take care of. I mean, the team has to put some kind of pressure on the driver to know what the rules are and to, to be aware of every situation on track and the driver has to put more effort on that definitely and from your question as answering to your other question again i think well all those on the on the alternate strategy made a, a good comeback on um, mark samstrom and so Fittipaldi and Clement Novalak to finish in the, the top 10. But I'd like to to talk a bit about Yuri Bibbs, who made his Formula 1 debut in an, in an official Formula 1 weekend in, at the Spanish Grand Prix this weekend. And I mean, he took part in the first pre-practice session in Sergio Perez's car. 
and yeah, well, he came back, he said that he was completely lost after the, the first push run in qualifying, and then he stormed to second place in the in the second run, an outstanding performance, definitely, but then um, mistaking in race one, in sprint race, put him out of the out of the race, and then today he was really unlucky with the with the pit stop again. But after the pit stop, he had no pace at all. So it's definitely an extremely difficult situation for for Churibibs. He needs to put his head down and, and work harder than ever because you know it's in this situation that you really see what are what drivers are capable of overcoming difficult situations and and who who isn't so yeah i hope he, he can turn around this but it's pretty tough situation for him at the moment mm, yeah certainly it was a nightmare um sort of event for vips really after after qualifying he he said after qualifying that he basically expected everyone to pit on the end of um well as soon as the pit stop window opened but um perhaps him and high tech missed a trick but yeah as you say you spun off in 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 the sprint race and just had a miserable pit stop in the feature race and then just had zero pace after that after pitting so early so yeah terrible weekend for, for Vips other than the, the Formula 1 um, free practice for sure Nick De Vries, uh, the 2019 F2 champion as well got his first crack at a, an official Formula 1 free practice session as well with Williams uh, we've been joined by by Bethany who a um, little bit little bit late to the party um, but we're just going to sort of wrap up on, on, on Formula 2 Bethany so I just want to get uh, any thoughts that, that you've got to, to, to share from, from the weekend um, no, I thought it was a really good weekend for Drogovic, which I imagine you've already covered in extensive detail. Um, it's a, one of those cases where it, he's he's got to have like pretty much every everyone in F1's eyes have got to be on him right now because he's probably one of the one of those drivers that we don't know what he's going to be doing next year. I mean, probably not F2, given how strong his season has been so far. And so it'll be, he's definitely going to be one to watch when things like start going silly season wise. But I imagine you've covered everything. Um, Cordial, I, I just caught the end of that. He has one penalty point remaining before he gets his ban. So, um, I mean, he got less less penalty points this time than he did last time so I suppose he's going in the in the right direction but yeah it was a it was a uh, I'm just glad the F2 race the second the feature race was actually interesting because given the F3 races it it kind of looked like it was going to be another Barcelona um kind of dawdle but it, it wasn't it was really good and that strategy really came into play I suppose we should move on to FI Formula 3 now. Uh, and first time pulsar, uh, Roman Staniak, um took his first pole position. Him and Victor Martin looked like the absolute class of the field um, in, in that qualifying session as, as five different teams locked out the, the top five positions, which is something we don't really sort of see with, with contemporary uh, Formula 3. Uh, sprint race was... Uh, 
slightly tame affair for the most part. Uh, David Vidalez inherited pole position after Zane Maloney was um, sent to the pit lane for both well for, for both races after missing the Weybridge in qualifying. Um, so it was Vidalez versus Jack Crawford. Um, there was a bit of a moment when Vidalez uh, alleged, allegedly forced Crawford uh, off the track, uh, only for Crawford to, to launch over a sausage curb um, and then miss the the bollard um, that uh, race direction um, told everyone to go around. Um, both of them avoided penalties, uh, um, and Kai collapsed round of that the top three, and I don't really seem to recall a lot else happening, which is uh, sort of uh, a little bit strange. So it's, it's one of those kind of Formula Three races where it just became a DRS train and and not a huge amount happened. So. Alejandro, do you think that was fair on, on both counts, uh, you know, for, for neither driver to, to get a penalty? I think, well, definitely, I think Vidalis was all right. Not so sure with Correa's one, but I think it was all right too. I mean, it's very, very complicated, you know. When, when you get in that situation, if you are a driver, you don't want to give up the position if you are a driver defending and you don't want to give up the chance of overtaking if you are driving or attacking. So, at the end, one or, or one of both gives up the position or one of both runs off the track or they clash. They run off the track nothing happened and it wasn't a very an extremely clear situation like others we've seen in the past so i think that the fact that the, the stewards let let it go i don't think it's it's a massive issue i'm i'm happy with the outcome to be fair I'm not going to to complain about the uh, the stewards decision this time Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bethany, do you agree on 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 that situation over the the win for the sprint race? I am very tired today. Um, yeah, I think in it, like it turned out into a kind of even Steven sort of thing. I guess I'd be more inclined with the bollard is just like such a cut and dry rule. Whereas, um, whether or not somebody pushed somebody off is more of a um is what can be open to different people's opinions but I think the Bollard one was a bit more he didn't go he didn't do what the race director said he should have done but at the end of the day I I think it didn't hurt anybody on this occasion so um, I can understand why they why why they made the decision that they did Um, and I, I, I imagine there'd be more people annoyed if other people got penalised for the bollard and he didn't, but I don't think that was the case. Like you, Craig, I cannot remember much about the F3 race. Like I said, it was um, not the most thrilling race of the weekend, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think in the situation, had the stupid sausage curb not been there, um, that caused Crawford and uh, I think there was another driver as well to, to launch over it, um, and it was completely unnecessary being there altogether. Um, I think there would have been a lot more of a case for um, Crawford to have been penalised. But when you're up in the air, there's not really a huge amount you can do to stop your car, um, particularly if it's a sausage that you didn't know was there in the first place. So I think that was fine. Um, 
I, I think Vidal's um, move as well was was uh, perfectly fine as well. Uh, well. I say perfectly fine. It was it was hard. It was very robust, but it was it wasn't anything too like untoward um, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the feature race um, was quite a, quite an interesting one. Uh, Martins, had, who had a mechanical on uh, in sprint race, he bounced back emphatically to to beat Stanek um, to, to take the feature race win. Um, Isaac Kajar and Alexander Smolyard weren't too far back to pick up some useful points as well. Uh, got a little bit messy further back. You had Arthur Leclerc going rally cross style um, whilst battling with one Manuel Correa. Uh, Pepe Marti and Hunter Yaney breaking the first rule of uh, motor racing, i.e. not hitting your teammate. Um, and Cardio, uh, Kashmani, Zach O'Sullivan, David Vidalas, Brad Benavidez and Rafael Villagomez all ended up having contact or some sort of uh, incident. So I suppose Alejandro, I, I've already sort of um, spoken about this a little bit, but do you think this weekend it was just evident that Martins and, and Stanek were were the two making the, the absolute difference out there? Yes, definitely. And especially Victor Martins, Victor Martins. I mean, he was, even yesterday, he was in the uh, running in the top 10, I think, when he had this mechanical failure, but he was running with solid pace. And today he was he demolished uh, the opposition. I mean, he, he gave no chance already to know Normally, when when you see the cars uh, approaching turn one after the start, and and well, you see the getaway, and and there is one car, no one had taken an an advantage at the at the getaway, and you saw Marins breaking that leg, going around the outside. Oh, Roman Steiner, do you say oh? This this guy really really knows what to do and he's going for it with with everything and he did and he, he achieved a great win. I mean, there was no chance for for the other drivers for competition to to fight for that for that win. I mean, I think there were one or two safety cars during the race and again at the restart he he did perfect restart and. And gave no chance to to others. I, uh, it was also a, a great race for for Stanek. I mean, perhaps a bit of disappointment after after the Imola race. But I mean, I mean disappointment because in Imola they looked so so strong. So I kind of expected them to, and after qualifying especially, I kind of expected them to challenge Martin for the victory. But the fact the way he defended and resisted pressure from Hatcher for the whole duration of the of the race without actually having the DRS of of Mario Tang was also great. So yeah. Great job. Uh, great job from, from him and also great job from Hatchar putting putting the pressure then. And yeah, that's that's a little bit everything on, on the top of the of the classification. Mm. Yeah, we've had six races this season and not a single Premier win or pole position. Um, and it was quite interesting in the in the post qualifying press conference because uh, the drivers sort of alluded to um, Premier being caught up, especially over over one lap. The, the race pace still seems uh, 
um, very strong, but um, perhaps we didn't see the best of it this weekend, but uh, it, it did seem like the, the team that you would normally assume with being so so crushingly dominant in Formula 3, be it this, uh, this era of it or being, um, you know, the European uh, era of it, uh, they're just not quite there. So, Bethany, would you say that Prem is in a crisis or um, am I sort of, uh, you know, taking a little bit of a candle flame and like, making some sort of blazing inferno out of it? Um, or or is, it, is it something else? Uh, I don't know if it's a crisis, but it's definitely something like the, that the team and the drivers are going to be thinking about. They've got three really capable drivers. And we, like you say, we've seen in the race they've been able to do some great things but they just haven't been able to to um compete in qualifying and then if you're qualifying on the back foot and i don't know i cannot i can't say very much about the other races because they they happened um more than five minutes ago but especially at in barcelona it's one of those tracks where overtaking isn't going to be um especially easy is it going to be easy especially after the first lap so um if you've not got that qualifying down it's not going to be um it's not going to be a good race um is it is surprising though especially um another beerman especially came in with a lot came into this season with a lot of um hype uh, uh, around him so Try not to put too much pressure on these drivers, but they're definitely drivers who we'd have expected to have done well and they haven't so far. So with three rounds in, who knows what the rest of the season holds, but but like you say, they've not really been anywhere near Martins or Stanek this this season. Yeah, it, it, it perhaps isn't necessarily a crisis, but I think it, it shows just how competitive this championship is going to be this year. Um, and the, the the point standings being very close sort of uh, indicates that as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that all transpires throughout the, the year, I suppose. I guess we should talk a little bit about W Series as well, because that was in action uh, over the weekend. The first time that Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3 and W Series were all on the same package. It was very interesting that Jamie Chadwick was able to to beat beat uh, Abby Pulling and Alice Powell for her fifth win on the on on the bounce um, in 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 W Series, and I thought that was very interesting. That uh, you know you sort of had half a look, I suppose, from both Pulling and Powell um, in in the race, but with the, the that, that Formula Regional car, although they did have a brand new. Um, chassis this weekend um and just with how that track layout is uh, the racing wasn't exactly outstanding to say the least um but regardless champ was able to beat pulling and and, and powerful it's very interesting to see that the pulling was uh, quicker in, in some parts of the lap and, and chadwick was quicker sort of in the, in the crucial final sector um but yeah well, what we've got now is a 37 point lead uh, for, for Chadwick, which is an enormous margin to have um, when you, you've only got seven races to go um, and, and you're on, you know, Chadwick level of form. So it's quite, quite something. So, so Bethany, championship over, surely? 
Oh, you would hope not. It's it's not great for for W Series to have one drive walk three three championships in a row. I think this weekend, Pauling and Powell, they both seem to. I feel like if either Pauling or Powell had been been there and the other hadn't, we would have had more of a challenge at the front of the order. But they sort of seem to help hold each other up a little bit and allow Chadwick to to get away um, again. The overtaking was very, very, very limited. So um, one would hope that going to tracks with a bit more overtaking, there might be some a bit of a mix up. Um, I, I, w Series kind of has to hope that something interesting happens because right now it's not looking great for the, for the series as a whole. Um, not that we don't want Chadwick to win, but just have a little bit more competition there and and a little bit more overtaking anywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I do think it's interesting that for a championship that is so fixated on the show and it's very important for them um, that they don't have a, a push-to-pass system. Of course, you've got a uh, push-to-pass in, in regional, in, in um, well, Formula Regional European, um, but you've also got in IndyCar, Indy Lights, of course, you've got DRS and F1, F2, F3. So I'm a little bit surprised that they don't already have it. Um, I'm hoping that's something they can implement sooner rather than later. I suppose the other sort of really interesting storyline from, from W Series was the introduction of the the um, FT60 over from New Zealand, um, as used in the uh, Toyota Racing Series. And... Um, I think I think the key points to, to take away was that it really sort of changed the weight distribution um, of, of these of the cars. Um, uh, they're a little bit heavier, um, and, and the drivers certainly found getting off the line a little bit more more difficult. Although there wasn't like the, the same amount of um, stalling that we saw in in Miami, for example, with the regular cars. But I thought it was very interesting to see how the the drivers were were being able to. To adapt to to what are very new machines, so I think I think they said it was fifteen kilos heavier, um, and uh, and that's mostly on the on the rear. So that's quite a quite a shift that um, the drivers will have to uh, would have had to have uh, adjusted to. So um, yeah, I, I I'm not a hundred percent convinced that the the championship is totally over yet, but. Um, it's definitely going to require a bit of, um, well, some form of issue for, for Chadwick and, and for, for, for pulling and, and Powell and so forth to, to just make that extra little bit of performance uh, that's needed to, to be able to get out uh, and, and overhaul her for, for a few races. Just to round out the weekend's action, Double win and a second for Oliver Goethe means that he's got a handy lead over Christian Mansell in Euro Formula. And there was also plenty of activity over in Japan as well as um, as uh, Kakuna Shin Otter uh, takes the Super Formula pipe, uh, points lead over at Autopolis um, after taking, um, a, well, taking the, the second race over there. So that, that's all that's going on around the world. Um, and we're going to have plenty of uh, features, news, analysis, and all that sort of stuff um, on, on Formula Scout over the over the coming weeks. Um, of course, we've got Monaco 
coming up, we have more uh, roundup reports as well from from the weekend section. That's uh, well, that, that still haven't finished yet. Um, before before we've been recording, um, but yeah, and, and loads and loads of features as well. And get my my final um, features and, and news stories for for Formula Scout um, after after going. Um, we're going to have, um, of course, we're going to have the the Lucas Oil Raceway um, activity going on in the States as well, ahead of the Indianapolis 500, um, where David Malukas, well, the, for the Indy 500, David Malukas has qualified um, the highest of the, um, the, the, the drivers who we covered as such um, uh, um, last year, if you will. Um, but do go back to, to listen to our podcast about that with Jack Binion, um, if you want a bit of a preview on there. And of course, got British uh, Formula 4 in action at Fruxton. You've got Spanish Formula 4 on uh, Jerez. And you're going to have um, Formula Regional at Monaco, as well as Formula 2. GB3 is in action at Donington Park, as is GB4. Um, so there's loads of action next weekend as well but that's all from me and for the last time that's all from me um, it's been a blast covering the podcast over the past two and a bit years um, uh, it didn't quite sort of shape out as planned in the initial part with um, us doing it I think we started about three weeks before the outbreak of the well the before the pandemic really started to to take hold of the globe and then since then it's been sort of incredible um having some incredible guests on having um some some incredible chat and, and, and fun and to, to to sort of do this as well uh particularly as someone who isn't normally a public speaker so um that's been a little bit surreal um in, in its own regard but it's been huge amounts of fun um like i say this is my farewell from from formula scout has been five years that i've been here and and um really over the last two um has has been when i've been able to to really sort of broaden my horizons on that front um in part due to due to the pandemic so um that's been uh, quite something i have to thank all of the the championship PRs and the team PRs and the drivers and driver managers and, and people like that who, who I've interacted with over the past few years um, with uh, with how terrible I am at replying to emails and and, and, and stuff. So um been an absolute blast. Um, but yeah, that's it. I have no idea how else really to sort of sign off other than farewell. <laughs>